Hey, you. Yeah, you. You, come here. I want to show you. This is what happened last time on the Incorrigible Party. Leaving in the night, Shaft and Shakara slink out of the paladin camp without a word to Mia and Falzrin. Descending the mountainside and entering the blue light's area of effect, they learn firsthand how powerful its influence can be, even with the protection of the cubes. Approaching the epicenter of the light, the tower, they find it guarded by Titterman's remaining constructs. And over here? Eh? The adventure continues. The only way I'm going to get in there is to climb up the tower from the backside, but there's stuff all over that, and there's some kind of beast of a mechanical, I don't even know what to describe it as, bodies and, oh, it's just, it's, it's disgusting. I can make you invisible, but just you. Okay. I'm going to put on the ring of feather falling. <laughs> it does not require attunement. No, it does require it does require two minutes. I'm sorry. I mean, I'll have it on, but it doesn't do anything. Looks great though. <laughs> Looks it does look great. Son of now this tower. If I thinking back on it, does it look like it's it was sort of hastily put together? Um, I'm assuming it's not smooth. I mean, there's places I could grab on and and sort of climb up this thing. It's worth a shot. We don't have a lot of time. Make me invisible and. I'll see what I can do. If you cannot find a lead box, put the eye in your bag of holding, but only as a last resort. Do not try and carry it. Do you, do you know what it will do? I will pull the glove off my hand and show him. It's blackened and wrinkled and looks many years older than it should. Withered. With the hell? This uh, is what it'll do. What? Hey, put that eye in my bag. Better to test here than for me to test it up there. I hold my bag of holding out. Just dump it in. Don't touch it. Okay. I will pull the eye out and put the whole box with my hands inside his bag of old holding. And open it inside there and dump it. I cringe. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Orc. <laughs> and that's the end of Shaft and Shikara. <laughs> Maybe not. As you do so, so you're putting putting your hands inside of this like extra space, essentially. Now. <laughs> the bag of holding isn't 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 specifically like another plane or anything like that. It's just simply extra space. So you you do so and you're able to do that. And as you withdraw, no longer contained by the lead of the box, it falls into your bag of holding shaft, and the entire bag begins to glow blue, brightly or just a dim glow. So even in <laughs> the blue of the tower <laughs> you can tell that that like it's it's the, the the depth of the blue it's not even the shade of the blue it's it's the that pressure begins to seep in over all three of you again in the vicinity of this 
second eye's effects now. And yes, the bag is completely glowing blue. You all can immediately make me another constitution saving throw <laughs> to avoid the effects of this eye. <laughs> all right. It's a 20. 23. Ooh, okay. Hork got a three. So Hork has one level of exhaustion. Oh. Well, that didn't work. I mean, that gives me that gives me the box, the other lead box to go get it, but we won't have anything to put this one in. Is the box big enough to put both eyes in? It unfortunately is not. <laughs> put the eye back in this box. Who's gonna grab it? <laughs> can I? Can can you? Do you have to reach in the bag of holding to? The, well, the way the bag of holding mechanically works is you spend your action to pull out an item that is inside of it to recall it and, and pull it up. I'll do it. I'll just reach in and, and grab it. Yeah, use your use your nasty hand. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Shakara, you you recall it and make contact with it again. Very quickly, put it into the lead box. Yes. Fast enough. Okay. Actually, you know what? Give me a sleight of hand. Give me give me a sleight of hand. Let's see how fast you actually really are. With disadvantage. <laughs> oh no! Oh, shit. <laughs> Eleven. All right. All right. You're able to quickly recall into the box and close. And immediately, that extra pressure gone as you contain it in the lead. You must find the other box. If I can't find a box, I'll be back. <laughs> you see Hork, like, breathing heavily now after that exposure. He, like, takes, yeah. a, takes a second to catch his breath and holds holds up his, his hunter's bow. Hey, let's take a little With the bow? Because remember, the bow gives him access to uh, the entire sorcerer's spell list up to level five. Only able to use those spells one time. Dimension Door is on that list. All three of us. Uh, That'll, that can... Can, he can... How long does Dimension Door, let me look it up. How long does Dimension Door stay open? I think it's... No, it's like, it's essentially an instant teleportation. Okay, so horror can bring. Okay, horror can bring along objects as long as their weight doesn't. Uh, you can also bring one willing creature of his size or smaller who is carrying gear up to his carrying capacity. Yes, so he will only be able to take one of you. <laughs> well, I have passed without a trace on. If we get to the top and there's nothing up there, there's a good chance we could sneak in. So uh, I'll put my reach my hand up on his shoulder. I go. Are you ready to do this? Do you want to be invisible? Uh, I am very low on energy. Make Horik invisible. They'll see him and uh, I can hide. So he would have to cast Dimension Door and then I would cast Invisibility and then you guys go through the door. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, the Hunter's Eye Bow does mean he is actually casting the spell. So that would dispel the invisibility that you put on Horik as soon as he dimension doors. So, I mean, dimension door, he can't hold it for a second so I can cast invisibility because because it it doesn't finish casting until you it throw it. It wouldn't matter, yeah. It okay. Would, it gotcha. Okay. Well, then, I don't think that's going to work. All right, I will watch out from below. Let's do this. Okay. You see Horik, he, he's got the bow, and he just kind of plucks on the string a few times, grabs you by the shoulder... 
and Shakar, you see both of them just disappear. Shaft and Horik, you appear on the very top of the tower. Now, Horik has never been to the top of this tower, which is fine, because he can see it. Um, you know, all you really need to do is give him like kind of a brief description of it. And as kind of the, you know, how you were discussing how, positing how it functions, that kind of conversation is kind of allowing him to like, okay, top of a tower, donut, tripod, boom, let's go. <laughs> but you pop up there and, because really what you can see from the ground is like the edge of it. So the two of you appear on the edge of this tower, right? But like Hort kind of arms wielding back. Uh, Shaft, you know, you kind of just like grab onto him to keep him from going over the side. Yeah. Grab his belt. And yeah, exactly. Jump back. Shakara, what are you going to be doing in the tunnel? Are you remaining away from the opening so you're invisible, or are you trying to get up there to, to watch, or like what's going on? I will get as close as I can to the edge, and and stay there for the most part. But every once in a while, I'll move forward a little bit just to see what's going on. Give me a cell check with disadvantage. <laughs> Do I have double disadvantage on that? <laughs> Uh, 13. As you get closer to the opening, you you start to hear the sound, the suction cups of the, the oaken bolters on the side of the tower and the steps of the monstrosity that Shaft had very briefly described to you. Now, you're not quite peeking over. You're just going to slowly keep creeping up. So we'll, we'll periodically come back to you. <laughs> <laughs> just in case something happens. Shaft and Hork. So you have found yourself, you're on top of, of the tower, right? And the, the whole tower is, it was, I think it had the 50-foot diameter of it, right? So it's a lar very large building. The top, it, it doesn't taper. It's like the same uh, width the, the whole way up. So you're up there and, you know, you have flashes of the, the Chimera battle swooping down on the top of it, right? And uh, you being paralyzed as the Neo, you hold monster on you and getting torn into by the Chimera. But now there's there's just nothing up here. No bodies, nothing except that four-foot tripod over the hole in, in the ceiling of the tower, just as you had kind of pictured it and, and posited that how it would be set up. Here now, you are like in the epicenter of the tower's effects. And again, that, that pressure this close to it seeps into you, right? Your cube now, yeah, you can feel even in your bag of holding. And like Horik, in Horik's bag, the, the cubes are, are, are getting red hot, working overtime, stopping the effects of it. Clearly the, 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 the construction of them, really, <laughs> their maker, which you could again surmise would be Elsoft Tinderman, never dreaming of them having to function through so much pressure and, and and drain on them. But you were here, you were alone. You can still hear the, the suction cups now louder than ever a dozen feet below you as they are rotating the side of, of the tower. I run over to the table with the lead box on it, pick it up, and put the <laughs> eye inside of it. <laughs> you know, You see no such box. Ah, is there? I, I assume there's stairs that lead down. Yes, if you recall, there is the spiral staircase that runs the uh, inner circumference of the tower all the way to the bottom. Okay, so I'll, I'll grab Horik and say, you know, duck down, let's go. This way, the stairs. 
and head to the stairs as fast as possible. Well, so 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 you're on the roof, like, and the tripod is right in front of you, like, so you're on the, so you're gonna go in and try to look around. Yeah, I've got to go find a, a box. I can't, I can't touch the thing. All right, and you, like you know from where when you were in here before, like, there's no other levels to this tower. It's the top and the bottom, and then the stairs in between. So as you start to descend, on the the walls, those the etchings and the sigils are just a light of in, in blue, like a, a flame, a blue flame. That, that same thickness of the light, once you're inside the tower, you can again feel it. And you are literally having to force yourself through this physical barrier. It's like a barrier of light. If you were to like close your fist in it, like you, you can't close your hand over anything. But physically moving, moving through it, there's just so much resistance. Looking down to the bottom, 100 feet down, 80 feet, 70 feet as you descend... At the bottom, there's there's nothing. There's no tables. There there's nothing down there. There is the that shallow indentation in in the ground. Uh, if you had recalled, it had been filling with a bit of rainwater from when you were here previously because of the opening at the top. It is deeper now. It's like as if it's been uh, hard packed and pressed further down from the the like the the almost like the weight of the light itself is is slowly pushing further and further into the dirt and the the rocks and the the crust of this continent. I'm just looking through to see if there's any options that I have here now that there's no box. Um, Okay, so I'll stop about once I get down far enough on the steps that I realize there's nothing at the bottom and I sort of, you know, push back on Horik. There's nothing down here. There's no box. Hey, uh, the hell are we gonna be doing then? We got a couple choices. <laughs> we go out the front, haul ass as fast as we can. Can you can you uh, do that thing again with the bow? Yeah, hey, uh, be used up. Ah, it's a one-way, one-time thing. Do we have the thing work? You give it to me. Hey, we really need a sting. I how you be grabbing it then? You don't want to grab it. We can uh, stick it in the bag. It's going to glow like a beacon. We could go over the side, but uh, we're not going to make it very far. Hmm. It's how it's how tall? The tower is 100 feet tall. <laughs> hey, hey, you can be making you fly there. To he, again, Hork holds up his bow. Both of us? I, uh, I, nay. And, and I ask him to explain. What do you mean fly? Like, I can jump off the tower and fly for a little bit. Yeah, he literally, like, describes, like, <laughs> you know, the effects of, like, he'll give you the fly spell is, is what he'll be able fly to Fly spell. Yeah. I'm going to remind John that we do know that a second use of the bow has very dire consequences. I do not recall what they are. I just know Horik probably will be out of use for the rest of the campaign. Three spells per day. First, no effect. Second, fourth level, exhaustion. Ooh, he's already got one. That would be death, right? Uh, I think fifth, no, the sixth is death. His speed's reduced to zero. And he still has to make checks against the blue light while we're in it. Yeah, you'd you'd have to literally carry him out. Now, am I, I guess I'm aware of 
I do some magic. So sure. when Falzerin explained the, how these things worked, I would, uh, I, I don't know if that's a good idea. I, if I remember right, Falzerin said there were some pretty bad consequences for messing with that thing. That's sort of why I put it out of my mind. Uh, if you need it, get it to need it back. I'll be doing it for your device. That's a true friend. Uh, the catching orb. So those those bad boys need to need to recharge yet. They recharge at dawn. Okay. Then there's no point in thinking about that either. <laughs> All right. The symbols and stuff on the wall. If I was to do something, uh, see, Hor- what what kind of weapons does Horak have? Does he have something big? Uh, he's got an axe, yeah. I wonder if he uh, destroys one of those symbols of some kind it would cause the uh, tower to stop operating correctly I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask him hey let's let's go down those symbols on the wall let's uh let's make one of them unreadable Hor <laughs> kind of like smiles and you kind of get what you're thinking he pulls out his uh, his great axe and they're so they're on like the entire inside of it like you could walk yes you could walk all the way around the stairs and be hitting one of these like dozens and dozens of sigils spread across the hundred feet of the inside of them let's go up towards the top then all right so you're gonna go up to the top you know kind of i imagine it's like just below uh essentially the, the the highest one you get to right like which is which is which is just below the the what the ceiling like the donut ceiling right so, and Hork will draw out his axe and he'll start to chip into it, just full on swinging into the stone. And as he does so, the that blue flame starts to flare with every hit, right? Uh, sending sparks, blue sparks uh, as he does so. One strike, second strike, a third strike. And you see he's, he's starting to mar and cut into the stone across the sigil. On the fourth strike, he fully slashes through it, just bisecting the stone. Again, it's 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 shallow, but it is enough to mar the etching. And that fire kind of blasts out, and he has to make a dexterity saving throw. Oh, shit. He gets a seven. Can I try to grab him? <laughs> yeah, okay, you want to make me... Um, how about... You also make me a dexterity saving throw. And if you make it, you'll be able to grab a hold of him uh, as he kind of gets blasted back. Falling a hundred feet. (laughs) Twenty-one. So Horik will take, because he failed, so he was going to take 13 fire damage. And as he starts to wheel back again, like for the second time in less than like five minutes, you grab his belt once more and just pull him back to the wall. Yeah, I think we, we press both of our backs up against the wall on the steps, breathing sort of heavy, and uh, sort of watches the, the what's happening with the emblems starts to take place, and I look up at him, like, with this worried look on my face, like, well, maybe this wasn't such a great <laughs> idea. And this sigil no, no longer a flame. It's, like, completely snuffed out, and it's as if it's regular stone. There's now just a big, long scratch cut through it from Horrock's axe. 
Now, there are a large number of them in here, uh, so you don't notice an immediate effect by taking out only a single sigil. But you have seemingly deactivated this etching. The beam doesn't seem to have dimmed or anything? Again, there you could you could count there's probably upwards of 30 of these sigils etched into this tower, and by getting rid of a single one, nothing immediately noticeable. If I look back up to the tripod where the uh, eye is, is the, is the, and I'm sorry if you described this before, but is the eye hanging off of something? As, as think of, uh, think of a, a miniature version of the donut ceiling. There's like a hole that, you know, a, a curve of this eye. It's, it, I mean, and it looks, the eye looks like a big chunk of glowing sapphire is essentially what it looks like. So a portion of it is kind of housed in that ring and uh, the the three tripods kind of extend upwards is almost like it's like a th- like a claw like three finger claws like holding this thing uh, in what would be the palm of palm of this like three fingered hand and inspecting it a little closer uh, you can make out that like the, there's a of stri- or a line or a, a a radiance of blue that is being directed down into the tower and as it makes it to like the levels of the sigils that expands uh again like you think of like the the beam of a flashlight if you were to draw the beam of a flashlight right it just opens up and gets wider and wider and wider until everything is blue and it's like a wall of blue trying to figure out if I can uh, somehow just put the bag over it without getting beamed. <laughs> uh, you would you would definitely be able to get it into your bag of holding without physically touching it. It's as simple, like you say, it's simply like kind of loop the bag over, kick the tripod over. Like, you could do that, no problem, without physically making contact to it. Just won't do any good. It will just, on your person, you will still be Affected, yeah, be glowing, right, and hurting, yeah, and everyone around him, right. Yeah, you saw in the within the immediate vicinity of when you opened the box, it affected all three of you. Yeah, kind of standing around it. So I still have past without a trace going. I'm gonna look over the edge. Those, as the the oak and bolters, are they sort of like this going around in a circle, like a like a timed type of thing, or something I could sort of get an idea how long I had from the time that as soon as they go around the corner before I could get down. <laughs> sure. Uh, yes. And, and again, like it's a very long way around. So there are, there are three of them, if you recall from when you originally came and all three of them, they're at like different varying heights too, right? It's not like the three of them in, in, in a line at a single elevation. So I would say the, the lowest one is probably halfway up the tower. So like 50 feet up uh, another one at like, 60 and then another one at 70 so there's like 10 to 15 feet apart between the three of them and they're kind of just each slowly doing their own rotated ring a little offset from each other but you definitely can peer and and like see gaps in the rotation absolutely essentially it looks like the goal of this rotation up here for the three of them is so that there is always somebody able to see like 360 around the tower right because that's what they're like the overwatch up here I have nothing well, we could do the stupid thing, or we could do the smart thing. 
<laughs> well, there's really no smart thing. The dumb, the dumb has outweighed all the smart. The dumb or dumber thing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we can try to, I think, trying to grab it and try to get down the side of this tower is not wise. I think we're going to have to reassess the situation and find a, a lead box. So I look back at Horik and say, uh, we can climb down and one of those things is probably going to get us. Are we head out the front door as fast as we can and try to get back to the tunnel and hope nothing sees us? I mean, except for the two things beside the door, of course. And it's they're both really, really bad. But we've been in worse spots before, right? He kind of chuckles at that. This front door it is. And uh, we go down the steps. You descend. Mm-hmm. Shakara, you continuing to creep to to the edge here. Yeah. From from below, you don't really hear or see anything other than than the constructs moving moving around. So, like, when you're witnessing, and, and when you're witnessing, like, while, you know, the sigil's getting des- destroyed, you, you're not noticing any, like, diminished effect either from outside or anything like that. So, it, like, as far as you're concerned, it, it's like it's, like they haven't done anything. Like, the tower's not down, so you don't know that they, they clearly haven't grabbed the eye. So you're you're really not sure what they're doing or what they're, if they're up against something, but you certainly don't hear any signs of combat. The constructs outside and, and the oaken bolters above have not reacted to anything else. Yeah, I'm just waiting. If I do see them run out the door, if I could see that, can I see that from my position at all? I mean, that, again, depends on if you're going to crawl up to, to do the prairie dog yourself or, or what. How long are they in there? How long am I waiting? Uh, I would say it's been... It's probably only been about five minutes or so. Like, they're not spending too much time up there, right? Like, they, they popped up, they kind of assessed the situation, they destroyed a sigil, Hork almost died, uh, and then they've climbed some stairs. <laughs> so, like, five minutes. <laughs> if it gets to ten minutes, I'll pop my head up. Okay, so these two guards that were animated, correct, when we were there before. Yeah, like, you've seen them fight. They And they have seen me. Yes, that's as have the oaken bolters, yeah. Okay. I'm going to walk down to the front door and the inside. Is it locked from the inside? Is there some... No, it doesn't. Like, you, there is a bar that you, I believe, had put across it uh, in preparation of, of the second wave of attacks here, but it's not, it's not locked up or anything. Like, you could just push it open. I'm going to open the door... With Hork, I, I, before I open the door, I'm going to look back at Hork and go, just follow along. And I wink at him, and I open the door, and I look back at him, and I go, yeah, it was too easy. And I just sort of walk out the front and go, I can't believe the security around here is terrible. <laughs> and I look over at the guys, and I'm like, we, got, we walked right in. I mean, aren't you guys supposed to be protecting this thing? Shikara, you very plainly hear this. <laughs> so you, <laughs> when you pop your head up, you see Shav and Horak just stroll right out the front door. The the two stone defenders on to the left and the right of the door. 
now a shaft kind of in between them. <laughs> now you're saying this, and you're just you're just moving forward. I, I imagine you're not stopping. Not stopping. Just walking out, and I'm like I'm talking to Horik, explaining to him how upset I am with this current situation, saying Samuel's gonna be pissed when he hears about if this. If one of those uh, guardians starts to attack, I want to cast darkness. So as you're doing the shaft, you. And Shakara, you you see that they that you clearly woken them up now. They they activate, and they kind of stand upright, and that big concrete slab they kind of put to their you know to their side, and the voices from them start up again. No, not you again. Get out of my dreams. Get out of my head. <laughs> from both of them, right? Uh, different voices from both of them, and we'll be rolling initiative. So Shaft is as you've seen the stone defenders like move and react right as the, their shields have kind of come down to their side in more of a, a ready position you can see that they're actually still quite damaged from the previous defense of the tower i mean if you recall mia had dropped an entire 50 foot scaffolding with like the spikes right that have been used to build this uh monstrosity collecting the the corpses but they're still they're still pretty damaged from that fight as well. Okay, that's that's good to notice. <laughs> <laughs> I have an eleven for initiative. I have a ten. At the top with Horik. Horik kind of uh you know, as you you've kind of run out, he he takes a bit of a he stops to to, to briefly give both of these stone defenders a once-over. So he's actually going to make a perception check here. In which he gets an 18. Okay. And he kind of points, you know, drops a hand, one hand off of his bow and points at the stone defender to the right of the door, which is marked as stone defender 2. Hey, the uh, looking at, uh, in the ditch break there. Hey, a bit of a tractum. Yeah, that's, uh, it's, it's not good. These guys really aren't, aren't very useful. <laughs> and then Horik Horik's gonna continue he's just gonna run I think dash to the the tunnel hole uh, where the storage tent used to be yeah go get the captain uh, we'll talk to him when he gets when he is more informed on what's going on here the cadaver collector is next and it is gonna chase after Horik seeing his quick movement so it, it's moving. It's moving about as fast as Horik is. Moves thirty feet. Gets within thirty feet of him, and you know it's covered in bodies, right? Spikes protruding from its frame. It is now. It's a chorus of voices coming from it, uh, more than just a single voice. All of those, the same voices you heard from, like the cobras just a off like not quite in sync either right it's almost as if they're they're like competing with each other to be heard as it's clearly a piecemeal of whatever was left right but it's hinged mouth kind of falls open like a as if a, a latch was almost like pulled right it doesn't move like it's you know like a like a flesh beings mouth is able to be controlled properly but it just kind of like falls open and emits this gas out uh, just enough in this 30-foot cone, close enough just to hit Horik. 
So Horik will have to make a constitution saving throw. Come on, Horik. Of which he got a one. Oh, no! Oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> it's nice knowing you, Horik. So Horik is mid-run, right? And he gets caught in this gas and starts coming. <laughs> and then he just freezes in place. Paralyzed. Oaken bolters, as they are up top on the tower rotating, you see one of them, it's like 60 feet upright as the three of them are at varying heights, kind of making these rings around it. Currently, you can only see one uh, based on the curve of the tower. Both Shakara, or all three of you, right? Shakara, Shaft, and Hork. Uh, although Hork can't really see much. Unless other Hork than has eyes in the back of his yeah, head. Yeah, what's in front of him, I guess. <laughs> He's facing, facing Shakara. But yeah, this uh, one of the Oaken bolters comes around and... Shaft, you can just see it above you, right? It pauses as it turns to you. And you can see that it's it's looking over you. It's like as if it's like inspecting you. Uh, if you'd like, you can give me an insight check. <laughs> Four. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You're not really sure. Um, like it's it's to you, it's as if it's hesitating. But then it opens its draconic metal mouth, right? And will fire two bolts at you. An 11 with one of them, which is a miss, obviously. And a 21 with the second. 21 will hit. Unless, wait. Unless. Let me see how many luck points I have. Oh, I have one left. I'm going to save it for later. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you'll take 15 piercing damage from that. And these are like three foot long bolts, right? Uh, as one just kind of hits the dirt, the ground in right in front of you, and the second one catches you. Next, though, is you shaft. Okay. Um, I see Hork freeze in place in this massive cadaver pile rolling towards him, and there's I can't even get to him if I if I dash. Um, with this old oaken bolter looking down at me, I'm going to turn back towards the tower. I'm going to go, I'm going to run dash or not, not dash. I'm going to run 25 foot into the tower and shut the door behind me. Spinning around after I get 10 feet in and I'm going to throw down as my action, the portable hole, portable pit. Sorry, right in front of the doorway. Okay. <laughs> Forgot you had this. So, <laughs> as a reminder, if we want to go, uh, you can use an action to unfold the portable pit, place it against a solid surface, presumably a floor or ground, whereupon the portable pit creates an extra-dimensional pit uh, 10 feet deep with spikes at the bottom. Additionally, the pit magically conceals itself, creating an illusionary surface that is virtually identical to the surface it was placed upon. So we'll see how that plays out. <laughs> Very good. Shikara. So even if I dash, I can only go 30 feet because I am at two levels of exhaustion, which would not get me to Horik. How much do I care about Horik? That's really the question. <laughs> I'm going to pop out of the stupid tunnel and I'm going to cast Scorching Ray at second level. Not at Horik, by the way. That's a corpse collector. <laughs> 17 for the first one. Hits. 9 for the second one. Mm, yes. And a 20 for the third one. All right, there we go. 
19 points of damage total. You have certainly got its attention. Yay. <laughs> Stone Defenders. The very bottom. Shaft, you just hear a smashing against the door as both of them break through. As you didn't bar it, right? You kind of just close nah, it and I... then through the pit, right? So they easily get through and... See, once they completely destroy the door, it doesn't seem that they're... They're not too bright, uh, as they don't even try to open it. They just smash through it, the obstacle in their way. It's And it's at the threshold, right? Again, it takes a, a moment to look at you. It, like it, As if it's looking like head to toe. And this one steps forward right into the, the, the portable hole. Awesome. So, I'm sorry, how deep is the hole? So it's 10 foot deep with uh, spikes at the bottom. If a creature walking over falls into the pit, takes 1d6 bludgeoning damage uh, from the fall and an additional uh, 2d10 piercing damage from the spikes. All right, roll it up. Okay, so from the pitfall, he <laughs> takes one. And from the spikes, five. Both the lowest I could possibly <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> but that's okay. Let's, let's hope the other one's just as dumb. <laughs> so so 10 feet deep, it does completely fall in there, right? It's, uh, these things are only standing about 6 feet tall. The walls of the pit are smooth and silky, requires a DC 15 athletics and sufficient movement check to ascend and escape from. Okay. The, the second stone defender then... Essentially steps to the threshold. Sorry, the portable hole is five by five, like it takes up a square on that. Five feet wide. So it is smart enough to sidestep this. I'm going to get it to do a check, though, because you have it right at the threshold of the door, right? It's only a, The door itself is only five feet wide, so it has to contend with the side of the tower, right? And moving kind of diagonally. It says shimmering illusionary surface. A successful DC 15 intelligence wisdom check reveals the shimmering edge. Okay, well, I mean, it just watched the first one fall into nothingness. Um, although, okay, no I'll one, get it to do no it. Knowing where the edge is, Because right? it doesn't know where the edge is. Okay, <laughs> so. Ooh, that is a... <laughs> that is a minus two. <laughs> I like it. Okay. It has no idea where the edge is. So... It's not going to move forward then. Okay, well done. I mean, you, you've it, it's moment it stopped for for now here. Okay. Why don't you give me a perception check on this one too? Fifteen. You can see on this one, like just as it's as badly damaged as, as the the one that fell in the pit was. Now I suppose a little less so from the from the minimal pit damage, but this one huh. too, like pieces of its metal armor has has kind of been peeled off. Right in places, it looks like it's been tried to like be patched up but specifically though in its chest the the covering right you, you and you're familiar with what it is because of uh the attempt the time you took to look over the the cobras that had been destroyed right after retrieving Nia's uh soul sack its cover is not flush like it is it is open in, in on one side Someone had tried to like tamp it down, but the metal is flexed and 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 warped there. Clearly, a, a weakness in it. 
And unfortunately, back to the top with Horik, who's paralyzed. Does get to try to uh, repeat the saving throw here, though. That is only a seven for his constitution saving throw. <laughs> so he remains paralyzed. And the cadaver collector can now get within five feet of him. Easily able to grapple Horik as he is paralyzed for one of his attacks. Essentially grabs Horik by like one of his legs like he has seen this thing do while his dragon corpses. And it just picks Horik up and slams him onto oh. itself, onto some of these spikes. So I will, I will do an attack roll here, although with advantage because he's paralyzed. Which is like a 28. Oh, no. So Horik is going to take 20 piercing damage. On top of the fire damage he already took when he destroyed the, the, the arcane sigil. And now, in addition to being paralyzed, Horik is restrained on this creature. Bolters. Alas, poor Horik. I knew him well. <laughs> in response to what's going on here, Shakara, you see the other two bolters that have now circumnavigated this tower, one of which uh, needed to spend uh, to dash to get to view what is happening here. But two of them can now see Shakara. And only Shakara, as Horik has become one with the cadaver collector for now. <laughs> So that means there's going to be four bolts coming at Shakara, two from each. I know he's your friend and everything, honey, but uh, Shakara's running. I don't blame you. Okay, I only think two of these hit because one is a, an 18. AC is 18. Okay, so an 18, a 26, and then the other two is only an 11 and a 16. Uh, that's still going to be 30 piercing damage from both. Minus six, though. Both bolts. That's true, yeah, because there's two two different uh, sources of piercing damage. Uh, but Shakara, you're up. Shakara's running back into the tunnel and dashing down 15 feet down the tunnel. Is there anything left in the tunnel? Any uh, big objects I could hide behind? Uh, no, it's just like small pieces of debris still, really. I can make myself small. I'm not a big <laughs> dragonborn anymore. I'm just a little hexblood. <laughs> Chef, yeah. I will uh, take out my longbow and try to put a couple arrows into this, uh, this stone defender that has that open chest plate. Uh, 26 to hit. Mm -hmm. He has not been hit yet, right? He's damaged, though. Oh, he has damaged. Okay. Well, um, then let's do 19 points of damage. Second attack, 13. That one is a miss. And I'm going to stay where I'm at. All right, the defender in the hole. So what, what kind of check does it... It's going to try to climb its way out. Needs a 15... DC 15 athletics. It gets an 18. Ah, damn it, that was... <laughs> I was betting on... Uh, wait, 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 wait. Can I use luck on that? Uh, you have luck. Whenever you make an attack roll, ability check, or saving throw, or when an attack roll is made against you, that's not really an attack roll. I can't screw you out of that. Okay. Damn it. Not that lucky. It climbs its way up and out and 
next to you. Again, you see like as if it's, you know, now it's like it's like in this new environment. Like it's taking, you know, it takes that second. It glances up and down you, and then proceeds to attack. If you'd like to give me another insight, uh, you can. Fifteen. Uh, with a fifteen, like it's clearly like it's looking. It looks as if it's searching for something, but not finding it. It will take its big concrete slab of a shield and try to slam you twice. First one's only an 11. Second one is a 24. 12 bludgeoning damage. The stone defender outside of the tower. Again, they're not too bright. They have a minus 4 to their intelligence. It steps forward trying to, as if the illusionary terrain is, is fine. Okay. <laughs> Into the pit. <laughs> yes! Okay, so damage. Six damage for the falling bludgeoning damage. And 15. But look at that. It's the exact opposite. I had the I had critical fails last time, or the lowest I could roll, and this was both uh, the highest I could roll. So You can see at your feet, like, as this one tumbles into those spikes uh, at the bottom of the, the portable pit, impaling it, right? And more uh, of its armor on that weakened chest plate is already compromised as it begins to shear off. You can see partially exposed those black tubules that suspended the soul bag, uh, like Nina's soul bag and the Cobras, right? You can start to see some of that being exposed now. Horik, the only thing he can do at the end of his turn is try to become unparalyzed here. Man, that, won't that be a rude awakening? <laughs> That's only a four for his constitution. Oh, not Horik, doing well. come on! Oh, my goodness. Cadaver collector, though. Uh-huh. Doesn't need to do anything with Horik. He's collected his potential cadaver. So it will move towards the hole that Shakara retreated into. And with a double movement can get to the mouth of it. And Shakara, you can see like from where you are, you're you know, you're fifteen feet further into the tunnel, right? You can like see it from like the waist down. And the oaken bolters up top don't have a, a line of sight on anybody. Uh shaft. Alright. So I'm going to hope you roll poorly, and I'm going to turn on the one that's out of the pit, and I'm going to attack it with my scimitar and short sword. Okay, first attack, 25 to hit, uh, 14 points of slashing damage. Second attack, 19 to hit, yep. uh, 20 points of damage. And the last one, a 21 to hit. 27 points of damage that's slashing acid okay uh yeah your acid fully affecting this thing is and in your weapons you just tear into it uh it's still up but it's like all of those cracks and patch sections of it like you've just sheared off and widened every fissure in its own armor one of its slabs kind of slumps to its side is the mechanics of one of his arms completely crippled by your attacks. Shakara. Oh, and and can... Uh, no, I can't pull out my... For a free action, can I pull out the cube? Uh, sure. Yeah, you can use... You can get a free interact uh, if you want to try to... Well, so unfortunately, the cube's in your bag of holding, right? It takes an action to pull something out of your bag of holding. Okay. Shakara. I'm going to run 15 more feet down the tunnel and lay on hands to heal myself for 25 hit points. 
Slow, slow Shakara. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So when I said run, I really meant like saunter. Yeah, yeah. Down, down. Oh, right, right. I'm picturing it more as a hobble, but if you want to use the word saunter, that's okay. <laughs> I don't hobble. How dare you? Stone Defender 1 in the pit is going to try to climb out. Ooh, that's only a nine. It is stuck yes. in there. Stone Defender 2, however, is going to slam. And it's like repeatedly like viewing you, right? Doing that same thing. It's taking a half a second to, to inspect you almost before it attacks. 25 and only a 10. 13 more bludgeoning from its one arm it can get around on you. All right. Starting to hurt. Horik. <laughs> Come on, Horik. Let's go. Let's get out of this. Come on, Horik. You can do it. Let's go, buddy. Because I'm not going to help you. Uh, an eight. Oh, an no. eight for Horik. Okay. The Collector. Okay. So, it recharges its paralyzing uh, No! Breath, and it is able to get down into the hole within 10 feet of you, Shakara. And it will exhale this breath as it can't quite reach you. So, you can make me a constitution saving throw, please. How about a 14? Ooh, unfortunately that is pretty far from what you needed. And you... I do have advantage because i mean inspiration ah. i do have inspiration <laughs> it's the word i meant to use i think i'm gonna have to use it oh yeah 17 oh one <laughs> short of what oh no Shit. but you are paralyzed that's it that's all we have for you that's our show be sure to follow us on the social media twitter facebook instagram it's all on the website incorrigibleparty.com get all kinds of information there. Incorrigible Party is sponsored by Critical Hit Design, you know. And all ambient sounds and music during the episodes are courtesy of tabletopaudio.com. And our intro and outro music was created by Josh Jarvis. You can you can find him at jamesmercymusic at gmail.com. Now scram. Happy adventuring. <laughs>